Hey everyone, this is the Echo Cast, and this is going to be a little bit of a special episode. I am gone the weekend that this is getting posted, so I'm actually going to post it on a Thursday night, and it's basically just going to be this extended conversation that myself, the incredible Deep Fried Dave, had. Talk about the Division One, Division Two. We talk about lore and all kinds of things. It's it's a re- it was a really great talk. I, I really enjoyed it. I think anyone listening will as well. So. Please enjoy, and I will see you guys next week. Today I am with Deep Fried Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm ready to talk about uh, Call of Duty. Oh, that, perfect. That's what we're doing, perfect. right? Right, right. Love uh, it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Black Ops 2 was my jam <laughs> 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> the funny thing is, I played the demo, the beta for Black Ops 4 last night. I got a oh, code yeah? for it. It's actually kind of fun. I'm awful. I'm real bad. I'll tell you what. I, this one, looking at the trailers, is probably the one the last few years I've been most uh, interested in because I'm not interested in the running on walls and no. jetpacks. I stuff, completely agree. It did seem like there was a lot of division stuff in there. I was watching trailers, I've seen some seeker mines, and so it's got division influences. It's um, got old Black Ops Two influences. Was that which is actually the last Call of Duty I played? Yep, um, and I actually enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Yep. And it's got um, heavy Rainbow Six influences. Really. Which it's cool. There's uh, uh, operators now. You don't like you can set up your own loadouts, mm-hmm. but they all have um, essentially a ultimate, and they all have two skills you can pick, and uh, it's interesting. But huh. that was supposed to be a joke, and now we're talking about it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but legit, I'm actually kind of excited for it. <laughs> can you peek? No, not that I'm um, okay. not on console, so I don't know, okay. and I doubt it. That it's still pretty fast paced. I don't right. know how useful that would be. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know about PC. I didn't. I was watching um, Shroud play it, and I didn't notice any peaking. Of course, he yeah. doesn't really need to. Yeah. So, because um, they're dead before they even see him. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So. Cool. Well, we're gonna talk about some stuff. Some Division One. I, I, I kind of wanted to bring you on. Go figure for lore talk. Yep. Um. But I actually first wanted to, uh, we were both star players. Yes, you we had, yes, you, you had the honor of also being ETF. And uh, I actually had a few questions about that before we got started. Sure. Um, so just in a very general, just from the feel you got of both experiences, how many days was your ETF? It was three-ish. Three working days. Okay, okay. So, yeah, three full days of workshops. So I'm going to guess that I know the answer to this, but I'm just kind of curious, like how would you compare or contrast like the feel of the two events? Well, very different, um, yeah. obviously, but definitely like, um, obviously the star player program, uh, the use of star player program. I mean, we were involved so much, not in the, not only the division, but all mm-hmm. Ubisoft games. Sure, so sure. It, from a, I think it was more of a full gamer experience. So it was an awesome experience as a gamer, lifelong gamer, to be involved in all of that. And some of the workshops we did with some of the Ubisoft games were really cool. 
um, and seeing like a lot of behind the scenes things and how games are made and uh, how all these pieces come together. That was really cool. Um, but from a division aspect, it's kind of hard to beat the ETF. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause you're in, I mean, it was work. It wasn't like all you know, sure. fun, but, um, it was, it was fun if you're a mm-hmm. fan of the game. So it mm-hmm. is talking sitting with developers and answering questions and sure you know i uh, would have loved to spend more time with the devs and actually talk about the division more and we really didn't get to do a lot of that during uh the star uh, star player experience but that's looking back that that makes sense right um sure that's not what it's about on you know it's about the community that you've been serving and doing all these things for mm-hmm. and, and recognizing you for that so and, and I think that's what I, I may have gone into that um, experience with maybe the wrong state of mind and thinking yeah. that it was going to be an E3 ETF and to, to realize that we were part of a large group of people who were just fans of Ubisoft games. I just happened to be there for a particular game that was getting a nice giant reveal. And, uh, but maybe in hindsight, I should have realized I wasn't going to be spending eight hours a day talking about division stuff. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. But it's it's kind of a bummer that the coolest stuff I think we got to do, we can't even talk about. Right. Um, but that's also kind of fun. And for anyone listening, probably very frustrating. <laughs> yes. So um, what what was your favorite part of the ETF just in general? Um, I mean, I guess the cheesy part. You I mean, I don't want to say cheesy, but you could say um, just understanding the, like, the game. Sure. Um, it, I guess my favorite part, I guess I'll, I'll say it this way because – being like a, a corporate person in powerpoints and working mm-hmm. with workshops it was very structured and very organized and it wasn't taken lightly but so they would go through each category um of things like skills and the, at the time because this was alpha so it was you know getting ready for 1.4 so sure. there was a skills workshop there was uh, another workshop about uh, time to kill another workshop about ai and every and then loot and then so each um director let's just say uh, you know whoever's heading up that category okay um say it's like drew talking about enemy ai and damage and um so they each had a presentation that they had actually given (laughs) at um i I don't know if it's in paris or whatever to show the the plan so they went through each presentation with us and like thylander had one to go over what changes they were thinking about for weapons so it was literally them presenting to us for an hour in each section and then that was like the first day and a half and then break break out into groups for the next day and a half and go through those and say okay we like this you know and get down into the details so i think just the format and them doing the presenting and and how you know meticulous and serious it was taken was probably my my favorite part you know you could say talking to the devs which which was awesome you know sure. being there with everyone in front of the community um so but that was probably my favorite part yeah sounds like it <laughs> yeah. um did you like in hindsight like now we're at 1.8.3 almost um do you still feel that you had an impact like yourself or as a group yeah yeah absolutely um personally i definitely feel like i did because i was a you know i'm a casual the, the casual core guy sure sure and i'm not a not a pvp peer. i am a pvp peer. I'm, I'm just and i'm a dark zone fan i'm not a fan of pvp in the division or the rogue mechanics yep. i'll say that so i, I yeah. don't go into the dark zone too much mm-hmm. 
but there was a they did a good balance mix of there was like five hardcore pvpers and then there was another three or four hardcore uh, pveers and there was two people that did that thousand hours solo and then kind of me as a casual in between pveer so the like pvp side is coming in worried about triage and time to kill and and, yeah sure so so whenever they whenever they would bring up something they want to change and i'd I'd be the guy because i'm opinionated and i'd be like well actually that doesn't affect pve that's actually good for pve so let's talk about how we can meet in the middle yeah Yeah. i did that probably a thousand times oh yeah um so i don't know it's cool i actually had uh i I definitely think there's an impact and they still reach out and and do all that and i think there's definitely some um they're transparent they listen to the community but i did have i made a direct impact and there's one thing in the game that is specifically my idea <laughs> so once that once you get to that level at 1.4 that was awesome that's awesome so yeah so and it was it was pretty decent size so it sure. was the um uh recovery link so we were talking about skills and then, okay. um, signature skills and being a solo casual player like well if you play solo or casual the recovery link is the only one that really doesn't do anything for your for yourself Mm -hmm. um i said you know it would be awesome as a solo player if it was like an automatic heal if i'm playing solo sure so so i didn't get downed so he was like okay you don't have to convince me anymore because i kept going on about it (laughs) like all right (laughs) cool and it made it into the so that was awesome that's awesome yeah so e3 my question is worded exactly. What was your favorite experience from the star player E3 and why isn't it meeting me? Well, it was meeting you. <laughs> well, 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 great. That was favorite. an easy question. Yeah. Okay. Next. What else? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess um, the easy, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm a person that's not, uh, I'm not good with like, get anxious. Like I'm getting like, moment to moment stuff so it was the schedule was pretty robust so it got mm-hmm. a little hard for me to keep up oh yeah but um i'd say as overall i thought the pre-show i mean i thought the show was obviously awesome and sitting like almost front row was of awesome, course but i thought sure. being a part of that vip pre-show you know in the back mm-hmm. we we're all just mm-hmm. like playing different games and hanging out and there's food trucks and that just felt really special for sure. some reason um but i did like so that would be you know, from a, the whole star player experience, I thought that was really cool. But I do the most, like, I want to say memories or moments that I have, uh, yeah, memories that I'm most fond of was that first night before we started to get into the schedule. Absolutely. The meet Absolutely. and greet, you know, and we got to meet all of, all of us, you know, met up for the first time in the division community. Mm-hmm. And because of the D2 reveal, td2 reveal like a lot of the devs were tied up for the week so that was the one night you know oh yeah meet everybody and you know i got to watch people get to meet you know because i was fortunate enough where i'd met a lot of the devs sure, um, sure. before but it's great having everyone get joined up and just hugs and laughs and and beer and bourbon of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely and wine for tanks yeah. right, right, right <laughs> yeah. um i know for me it was and this is so stupid and such a fanboy moment for me. But it was when I saw um, Hamish and Petter and Yannick. And I was mm-hmm. like, I've seen these guys hundreds of times. Yeah. But they're right there. And holy crap, Petter's tall. He is. Yeah. Holy crap, Hamish is tall. Yeah. Yannick, not as tall as I thought. Okay. Right. 
Like yeah. I thought it was going to be the opposite. I was amazed. Yeah. And you're still spectacular in person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all the people, um, just everyone, even people like yourself who I've interacted with a lot before that, um, Sage, you know, Tinks and Remy and just all those people. It was just so bizarre hearing those voices in person yeah. and seeing and, and getting to talk and, and do all that. That was between that. And I mean, for me, it was definitely, you know, getting to touch division two was cool, but I'll get plenty of time for that in less than a year. Um, you know, that was all fine and dandy and it was cool. That experience is great, but yeah, I agree with you. That first night, um, was just really a unique, that, that was what I kind of wish that feeling could have carried through the whole week, but because of reality and jobs, not possible and that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the, the last thing I have for this little section is, um, what, what would you, obviously I, I think there's probably a lot of people would say, well, you know, how could ETF have been handled differently? I think the fact that it existed is enough to a point. Right. Um, but for you personally, do you wish you would have done anything differently while you were there? The only, the only thing I would have wish I would have done differently is I had like a, I had a notebook that I'd been asking community questions and I probably mm-hmm. did like 30 polls and wow. doing all okay. this stuff and asking my co- my casual solo friends, you know, about sure. feedback. And I really didn't, I wish, I wish I would have asked for an agenda ahead of time to know what the workshops were going to be oh, about. Okay. There was a couple of them that I just wasn't like, I'm not a numbers guy. Okay. You know, sure. I'm, I'm casual. I'm, sure. I'm casual, like 10 to 15 hours a week. So I don't get into like, don't come to me for a mission strategy or a, 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 a build, you know, and I know how all of the, um, attributes and talents. I know how they all work, but I'm not a numbers guy to say, okay, this should be tweaked and this should be tweaked. So like I was in a skills one and we were going through each skill and talking about, well, should we like lower the percentage of this or raise it? And of course I'm in a group with Marco. So it's kind of hard. <laughs> so he's like, um, I need to think it needs to be lowered by three quarters of a percent. Sure. It should be. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Um, so there's a few things that I wasn't like prepared to talk about that I had done some research on. Um, so I think that'd be the only, th- I mean, really, cause I'm not one to, I'm not one to be quiet. So I felt like I, I spoke <laughs> up enough. Yeah. Um, I feel like I engaged enough, you know, um, I think that was the only thing is I wish I would have prepared differently. So I, I feel like I made a good impact on asking the questions for the casual solo player, but, um, and, and bringing that into, which is what I wanted to do, but that would be my only thing, I think. I feel like I would ask like Bronson to just make like an Excel sheet for me to just show me everything so I can kind of understand it. And then I would try to get, you know, kind of that same deal because, um, I mean, I've played RPGs before, but, um, not to the extent that the division is. And that's even knowing that the division is a fairly light RPG. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my, the extent of my experience before division was, like Fallout, which has a, a fairly deep RPG system, but you can essentially ignore it if you just want to play. Right. Like Fallout 3, stuff. New yeah. Vegas, things like that. It's there, and you can take advantage of it if you're into it, but really you don't have to. You you can kind of just go with the special system and and just get whatever. Yeah. So I, I can I understand there. So Okay, so Division 1. So there's you know a few topics I'd like to cover with Division 1. A lot of it kind of ties into Division 2. Um, and the first thing I want to ask you about, just because I'm curious, is, um, well, we have a lot of unfinished stories with Division right. 1. Um, a lot of people feel like that was by design. Um, 
other people may feel like it was due to a lack of uh, time to finish. Uh, I suspect it's somewhere in the middle. Um, examples I have are, you know, what's going on with April Keller. Um, obviously, we now know that there's going to be some expanse mm-hmm. on that, which is exciting. Um, I, I've seen, and I personally don't have an issue here, but I've seen a lot of people bring up Bliss and whether or not he actually died in the helicopter. Yeah, uh, I think that's you, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, so do I, because I think you hear so many people talk about it, and I don't expect to see him return no, in any capacity. No, because somebody else took over the LMB, the, I want to say Cortez, because in Falcon Lost, oh, it was like, Bliss, right. is, Bliss is dead, and so-and-so is now head of the LMB, and that's the water right. treatment plant, okay. they found the... So yeah, I'm yeah, I would, I'd irrelevant. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, and then kind of where Keener's going, and just that. So, what is your, what's your most, uh, what's your unfinished story you hope to get more from in Division Two? Uh, well, I think I have, you have to say Keener. I mean, sure. Um, he's it's the, the obvious answer. Sure, <laughs> he's the ultimate bad guy. And oh, where yeah. I, th- yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be a big part of it. I kind of have an idea of what I'd like to see in Division Two. I mean, April. April is very, I think I'm, I don't know what April actually lends to the story yet. Sure. Is, is, is the thing, you know, she's very invested in her because of the book. Absolutely. Like in it, like her lore in the game, if you just pieced out that it's really not pretty limited, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's not very impactful. I want to say, but I'm, I'm most attached to her because of the book and it's awesome (laughs) to see that stuff, you know, in the Easter egg, but it's gotta be keener. Oh yeah, um, definitely. It's such an interesting storyline. Yeah, I mean, and I think in the in the West Side Piers, um, that intel up there was was pretty cool. It was a great way yeah. to move us. It, it was a great hint. Um, and there's so many things. I'm re-listening to all of the podcasts that Hamish did back with the Division One, um, and it's so funny to re-listen to those and absolutely pick up some hints about you know. You know, they were obviously working on Division Two. He knew that. They all knew it. And mm-hmm. you know, half the people he was talking to were probably done on Division One and already working on it during most of those podcasts. Um, but even to look back at the West Side Pier stuff, the the secret mission audio where it clearly mentions DC as well as some other cities. Oh, really? oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um and and so that's why for so long I've assumed it was DC. Yeah, yeah well, it's that garbled message, like you know, asking for assistance from agents, mm. and it mentions multiple cities oh. around the world. Actually, all right, um, that ties into what we can talk yep. about later on the yes. two. Then I Absolutely. did not recognize. Yes, it. yep. Right. So that's something to think about. Um, so yeah, so that's I I agree. I mean, Keener. What I like about Keener is they did such a good job of. Um, not making him this boogeyman of right. look at this pure evil spawn from the depths of hell, you know, like, no, he's this kind of narcissistic asshole who was perfect for this organization yeah. because he was self-sufficient, smart, you know, go getter. Um, and some shit went down and he either, depending on your opinion, justifiably or unjustifiably, went about things his own way and it's you know led to every you know a lot of the things we're dealing with in the game um he's not like purely a bad guy because in my opinion that's almost not a thing that exists in the real world he's the most complicated and deep character in the whole story oh 100 and then 10 times more than your is really oh gosh yeah uh, yeah at at the end of the day so so yes that's that's kind of hard to hard to not say (laughs) but yeah yeah 
my uh, my next thing here is what was your favorite side story from either the world from the echoes from any side missions anything like that um it, there's one that i kind of went back to listen to recently after after west side piers and starting to put um Belassi, they started to spin Belassi and this sure. government conspiracy thing and it just got me thinking and i was going back through some of the old um some of the old uh recordings and just i'd listened on my commute to work i just listened to youtube videos i was listening to like all the echoes and i'd, I'd forgotten so i went back through and, and looked at all the echoes now this is my favorite for the judy walters um series so the judy walters um missing person story there's like five parts but she works at that lab yep. the lab assistant at vexus i think is what it is vexix vexix and oh uh, yeah um, she 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 knows that they have a possible cure for yep. Um, yep. the company has a possible cure and she's on the phone with Velassi and he's like you know i want to take this come out with the story and she's like no i want to give them a chance to do the right thing sure, he's like sure. well i'm waiting across the street if you just you know want to come just i won't take it the story i'll just you know give me the info so she tries to convince the the company to 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 invest in resources to find the cure and they say no so that's when she's running out of the building and security's chasing her and she gets mm -hmm. hit by the car yep. she gets hit by the car but there's Velassi outside scooping up the usb mm -hmm. drive with this potential cure on it and that's the last we ever hear of it yep that that's a thing i always reference back to i've heard a few people speculate that Velassi's not even a real person yeah, that he's you know some government you know agent or some creation or and while I especially from those West Side Pier recordings, I think there's a lot more to that story and I suspect we're gonna get more about that. Yeah, um, I think, so. I, I, th I think he's obviously a real person, and that echoes the exact reason why. I think it's relatively clear proof, you know, um, and what was on there and what he's gonna do with it. I think will be super cool. Yep, I agree. Um, my favorite one was the noble squad and I really don't think there's yeah, a whole lot. Yeah. To, to go into it. I mean, it's just such a great story and then how it intertwines with April and it's just, it's just so neat though. I will say that one shield recording where you hear the guy, the agent who she interacted with. And I feel really awful if I'm spoiling anything for you right now. Uh, there's some, I assume that recording is from before he, meets his maker mm, i'm not following mm. so um the what i believe shield, what shield is it i can't remember off the top of my head it was one of the first four um so yeah, there was the, the joke you completed yeah probably so you should go complete it be, oh is it the dz one no i did that i cringed got through that, that one, one last yeah week. yeah it was the it's the um bosses in west side pier uh yeah yeah that one's fun because they're so limited yeah, that's um, the one i haven't done finished yeah yet. finish right. that one up i think you'll be interested i okay. won't go any more into it i think you'll right. you'll like it but and come back to me once you have because yeah. i i think it's not as interesting as i want it to be um because it seems like the answer is fairly definite from the game um but i'll i'll get back to you on that one let me know now you should be more uh more energized to knock it yeah, out. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um so I have a similar question, but um and this may even kind of intertwine a bit. But specifically the phone recordings were probably the deepest 
you know, the echoes were great there. The situation reports were okay. You know, those were fairly deep for the, the side Intel, but the phone recordings were obviously the, I feel like the most in depth that we got and we've gotten so many of them. Yeah. Is there one in particular you would uh, point out as your favorite? Um, well, the funny, the the funniest one, and I can't. Re- I actually went back to, to see if I can remember. Are those two kids talking? Uh huh. On like, fleek. Uh, what's that? On fleek. I believe that's what it's called. Oh, is that what it is? I'm About pretty sure. He's like, uh, he's got to go take out the garbage, and he's like, oh, you're gonna be late for the raid. You know, they're obviously like, oh, not that. Okay, that's yeah, the other one. Yeah, that's the gamer one. one. Yep. Yeah, the gamer oh, I love one. it. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, there, there's another one where it's the two like teenage girls talking, oh. and they're using all of the like, oh, that's so on fleek, like. Um, one of the podcasts is really funny where they talk to the narrative designers and what Hamish did. And they talked about recording that and how they literally like looked up like what kids are saying now kind of thing (laughs) so that they could write it. Um, but on a a serious note, the national guard series. Oh yeah. That's because when I was doing research for the Lord podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, you, in order to put a timeline and events together, it was kind of hard because you had to use the book and the narrative and the logs and the echoes to kind of, cause it's not dates are kind of hard. Sure, so you have sure. to use it as, a, as you find, you know, a few dates and then you kind of have to piece together the order of events from different things And the national guard audio logs. He really goes through like the whole order of events. Like oh, yeah. when it's the JTF uh, guy that he, when he got there, how the dark zone was built, what was mm-hmm. happening to people, even when, um, even when the riots happened, and then yep. later when the PMC LMB came in, mm-hmm. so he like goes through the whole orb events really from start to chaos to LMB and fills it all, fills a lot of it in. So just from a lore perspective, he, like he really is the only one that tells a lot of the whole story of what happened sure. in one spot. And yeah, and that, and that one's awesome. The the one I really liked was the one about the the nurse who was captured, mm-hmm. and and she and I like that one for similar reasons. Now she didn't give as many dates and stuff, but from a healthcare perspective, yeah, she did. Um, she yeah, gave a right. really cool story, and that yeah. was a really neat. But what I found so interesting about that, and actually when I did my Intel Insight series on YouTube, um, Splinter Shield responded to this video about her because I proposed that at the end I'm like. The thing is, is that when you listen to her recordings, you assume she's being held by like Rikers or rioters or, you know, like whatever. Cause, um, at the end, one of the last things she says is now are you guys going to let me go? I told you my story. But then I started thinking about it when I did that series. And I'm like, why the hell would rioters or Rikers give a shit about, I well, should be dead. Yeah. Like, why would they care? So then I'm like, oh my God, like, does the JTF have her? Uh, does another government agency have her mm-hmm. do the shade agent? Like, is there some shade? Cause that's the thing I try to remind people of is that we're the agents, right? And we've got Fei Lau as our boss, quote unquote, from New York city. Um, because the commander was killed by those series of events. But like, I, I don't know how often people think about the fact that that's not where the, the command structure ends. Right. You know, it continues, yeah. which is turns into a whole different conversation about, in my opinion, hunters and all that stuff. But it's it's there's more to it. And so that one's always um, gotten to me because every time I've heard it, you know, three or four times I've listened to it. I'm always sitting there thinking, like, who wants this story from her and why does she seem scared of them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just such a, such a and, you know, that'll never get answered. We'll never know. And that's fine. But 
I just thought that was that one's so cool because it's a lot deeper if you if you really think more into it because I'm sure you know back in 2016 the first time I heard that I was like okay whatever you know she's being held by the bad guys you know LMB or, or something like that and of all of the enemies quote unquote I guess the LMB would be the one that would maybe have her I guess and they would be somewhat interested but mm-hmm. not really you know like right. so I don't know that's my favorite one just because it just kind of uh, gets my mind going about who she's talking to. Right. No, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next thing I was going to ask you about is, you know, I, I've identified a few things I thought were kind of missed opportunities. Um, one of them being um, just knowing more about like how the agents became agents. I think knowing that DC um, during one of the events, one of the trailers or interviews, they, they talk about DC being the, quote unquote like headquarters for the shade agents yep so i suspect we'll get more info about that um like i just mentioned the power structure of the shade agency above who we know about um and then for me a big one was actually the rioters and how i understand why they were such a shallow faction because technically they were just the regular especially if you listen to the intel they were kind of just the regular people that just banded together but um and i assume do you have the art book yes so yep. what's so cool about that actually, art book, if man? Want, if you want a couple to give away. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'll talk to you. Um, <laughs> the, that was so cool, and I felt like there was such a missed opportunity there. There were some really cool rioter bosses in there that they sketched out. Um, my favorite one being the one that had a cape that was a brick. It looked like it was a brick wall. Oh, so the idea would been a while since. Oh, check it out. So the I guess I think the idea when they when they designed it would be that you would literally be just running through an alley, and this dude would be like hiding against the wall, and you wouldn't be able to see him. <laughs> now Chameleon. that would be stupid, right? But like, right, right. but still, yeah. I, it's just that you can tell they had a lot of ideas, and honestly, all of the factions, the the Rikers had some uh, kind of interesting bosses, and especially the Cleaners. Yeah. There were some bosses that they that they arted out in there, you know, they designed that we never saw for probably various reasons. Um, but are there any other like kind of you know lore or kind of story based like uh, missed opportunities that kind of stand out to you? Um, hmm. From a lore perspective, I mean, there's there's curious things, I guess. I mean, sure. Um, I talked a little bit about it recently, but um, like like I don't know why they kept mentioning cannibalism. It was like came up yeah. like two or yeah. three times. I heard you talking about that. Yep. Um, that's kind of weird. And then I don't know. I just really wanted to know about Central Park and because they referenced yep. how many times about the mass grave that it turned into and just like when you're wa- just walking through the city and you see all of these if you just pay attention it's hard you know even like they're digging graves right right outside of uh, Camp Hudson like mm-hmm. they got mm-hmm. all the like, equipment out there and they're digging these huge graves and it's like all over the city but just to see like and then you know underground and whatever but the Central Park thing um, just and here the whole thing was turned into a cemetery and a mass grave it was always interesting to me that it, surprised that we didn't see a tie-in in some way a little later in the um you know and a little later either even with audio logs or something sure you know um we didn't see it too much so yeah I, i'm gonna go out on a wild a wild idea here but i'm gonna guess division two is not the final game and i wouldn't be surprised if maybe we learn more one day about all of that because like i mean if you remember back 
the last video I saw someone was able to do it was, I believe it was 1.6. Someone was still able to glitch out of the um, survival map, um, which if people don't know who are listening, the survival map um, is a completely separate entity from the the regular game. They're, they're in the old coward's corner is still in survival. Um, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they're essentially two separate things, but when the person was able to do it back in like 1.1, someone did it and went really? up to central park and there was, there was like trees, like four feet above the ground with no foliage on them. It was like, they kind of worked on it, but never huh. did anything. Well, in 1.6 people did it and there's video. Um, and I can show you, um, after the, after we record here, but, um, someone went up there in 1.6 and there's buildings. There's like tents set up for like what looks like a, I don't know. It's finished. There's trees with foliage on them. Really? It's it's very well fleshed out. Um, there's like uh, mechanical equipment, like bulldozers and stuff that they added in. The trees were finished and connected to the ground. There's, oh yeah. And so this is also when people, the, the same person went over to Westside Piers and showed how it had been fleshed out. Um, and the funny thing is, is that, so Central Park, they worked on it after release. It That's clear. Um, but it was only in the survival map. I don't think that stuff showed up in the regular oh, really? game. Huh. I did and, not know that. Yeah. And so I don't know if there was, um, if you listen, and when I was listening to the old podcast, especially the hunter and the survival ones, um, it seemed like there was a pretty confident feeling that survival was going to get worked on. Um, obviously in hindsight, it didn't. Um, we've gotten extremely small updates and fixes, but nothing significant. So yeah. I suspect that that was supposed to tie in at some point. The other little interesting thing about that little video that I saw a long time ago was that actually the east side of the map, um, east of the like the new the DZ, um, is actually fleshed out as well a little bit. So it almost looked like they were gonna maybe open up that as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was weird. It, like you can tell that there was work done on it, and it and you, it can't be seen from the regular game. So like there was you know especially for a game that seemed like the resources got fairly limited when it comes to the streaming resources and and all of that. Um, it's just weird that that stuff's in there at all. Um, but you know I suspect that may um be the subject of a very cool interview in a couple years uh, when they're allowed to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, um, but cool. yeah, I, I highly suspect that there was intent, um, but it just, you know, time, money and manpower, you know, there's only so much you can do. And, uh, and I, I'll, I'll be very curious to hopefully hear that story one day. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> um, I, I have, you know, some remaining mysteries. I'm kind of curious if we get anything. I mean, the most obvious one is the hunter origins and purpose. I have extremely little doubt that that gets fleshed out in division two. Um, yeah, that one's tough. It, it's, I it's know, interesting. I got deflated on that. One. Yeah. Going back to the podcast. Did you listen to the one? Like, it's like, you know, what's the lore and the hunters are like, well, they were just really look cool. They really didn't have a backstory. Did you hear yeah. that part? Yeah. I'm yep, like, yeah, oh. it, it seems like one of those things that the, the thing I thought actually was that I didn't realize that they were intended from the start, which is nice because yeah. that leads me to believe that at least one of the narrative nerds had to have made some notes about, you know, and at this point I suspect that there's just so much attention on them yes. that I, I, I respect them and believe in them enough that they've been like, okay, we have to flesh this out. Like, 
Like, even if we still leave him with some mystery, even if we still leave him, which is fine with me, but like, the, 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 I, well, just the simple fact that they've thrown the hunters everywhere, right? That they obviously know the pull of them. So I, I'd be the the one thing I'll say, and I went on a rant on my stream last night about this, is I actually hate the implementation of the hunters and legendaries. I despise it. It makes no sense. Oh, from a. From well, they're working with the LMB, which makes no yeah. sense. They have yeah. instead of them being these like kind of, you know, really competitive but mobile, like like they weren't just tanks. And even in the underground, I actually don't mind them in there too much. Uh, not as much as I do legendaries and even resistance. But resistance is like its own little beast. Yeah. Um. I that's not that's just for fun, and that's cool with me. But like yeah, that's the a leg- game mode, you know. Yeah. It's not meant to be a thing. It, you know, you're fighting Lorraine Barrett in there alongside, you know, two seven or whatever. Right. You know, like, but yeah. like the legendary ones, they have like eight billion hit points. They 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 just aren't even like a challenge to fight. They're just kind of annoying. They just take a long time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and so that that was where I think the hunter hype maybe went a bit too far. <laughs> like someone maybe should have been like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should just have like a really cool named enemy instead. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, because um, I would have rather. Yeah, because they're really cool. But I would have rather just seen um, like in those instances where the agents, you know, are always the toughest ones. Sure. In, in sure. battles, yeah. just oh, give them sure. give them the same AI skill sets that you have the hunters yep. I, mean, I agree the, the coolest things about the hunters are just you know because the random skills that they have yep. and their yep. you know the, the ai and them themselves they just you know beef up the agents a little more and give them those because they did that right with what, asher that one uh, yep. yeah yeah yep. um now he's a little easy to put down if you were if you were level enough yeah. but like do that in legendaries instead of the hunters and you, you essentially get the same same aspect you know at the end of it but hunters are really cool oh yeah i mean but, that's undeniable yeah <laughs> you know but, but yeah they're not a they're not a good fit i see what you're saying yeah, yeah so it, they really should have their own agenda it felt like a reach it yeah. is what it felt like it felt like a pretty big reach and it felt like and now at the same time from a like if i look at it from their perspective the devs and all that well, of course we, you put them in there because they're yeah. everyone loves them and they're awesome. Like, like I don't fault them for doing it. I just, yeah. I just really don't like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an easy way to make the, the missions more challenging without sure. just making people more spongy. Sure. Other than that. So it's a logical, sure. it's a logical yeah. decision. To Absolutely. Do yep. Unless um, you're a lore nerd, then you're like, <laughs> no. yeah. And then you like kind of <laughs> twinge your eye and pump 30 <laughs> clips into them. Um, uh, the, the other, uh, the one thing I, I have found interesting, and I've heard people talk about it at various times. I don't really think there's that much mystery behind it, but maybe a little. But the whole, um, I've seen people try to explain hunters in this way, uh, but the supply drops in the DZ, they they because in theory, why would they be dropping supplies to agents that they don't have any contact with? That kind of makes sense. So it kind of doesn't. So can you remind me? Because you know, I'm not a easy sure kind sure. of guy I, I have spent i mean i'm like rank 80 something in there, yeah so I yeah say i don't spend a lot of time in there or I, I don't anymore just been a while just, yeah 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 um for farming and whatever so anyway um what does it say it doesn't doesn't Faye say something like when a, a supply like what's the what's the narrative behind the supply it's drop? it's a mystery to her so if you're standing in one of the checkpoints when yeah. those supply drops start she says something along the lines, and someone can correct me. I'm more than happy to see someone 
give more information, but I do know that she says, cause it's always weirded me out or made me kind of curious. She basically says something along the lines of, I don't know why these are dropping in there, but they are. Um, and so I think okay. that's purposeful and that's why it's, I put it on my list of remaining mysteries because who's it intended for yes. who are the supply drops. It, I mean, is it like Keener dropping in some stuff for his, for his guys? Sure. I mean, I, but why would weird? the government do that for him? You know, like no, that seems yeah, so weird, yeah. you know, unless there's a big, you know, and which I, I highly suspect that from what we've seen so far, uh, the, yeah. the conspiracy Freemason, all of that stuff, uh, you know, will, will be a thing in division two. So, but that's been a little mystery that I feel like people have just kind of accepted at this point. Um, but, but that's definitely a thing that I remember if you're every time, cause even when I'm just doing a boss run, if I pop in the, like the checkpoint on the East side to whatever that LMB boss is over there, um, you you can hear it if you pop in there at the same time as supply drops. Faye says something along the lines of, "I don't really know why there's a girl in." There. Oh, that's right. She says, "I don't know why there's a drop in there, but you need to get them before rogue agents do." Mm-hmm. So there's something along there, or or before people who shouldn't get that equipment or whatever she says. It's so I'll be curious too if uh, if they kind of go out. The the last thing I was going to ask about the mysteries are where where are the cats. She, she would she wouldn't <laughs> be saying that if she if she knew that it was. A reckless chest in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like and, a bunch and, of cool shade tech or anything. Astute gloves. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, where are the cats? Yeah, you know, uh, they, they talked about during that during uh, 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 Jeremy, one of the uh, the the world builders. Uh, they yeah, talked about that during that podcast. And yeah. and the funny thing is, they referenced that there's art in um, Dragon's Nest that quote unquote explains it. Um, I've run Dragon's Nest a decent number of times, but every time I've in, I've been in there, I've never thought to look. But uh, I'm assuming there's like cooked cats or something in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's yeah. kind of a funny story because I remember this coming. You know, so following the game, uh, I, and I really honestly don't know how long you've been involved in it. But if mm-hmm. it was, so that was you know we started Rogue Agent Radio in July of 2015. Okay. The game came out in um, you know, March of 2016. So when we're going through the podcast. It's like we're scraping up every bit that we possibly <laughs> Everything. could. Sure, sure. And I remember pretty early on, somebody that had an interview with the devs, and there was like questions like, "What well, are there going to be cats?" And they're like, <laughs> "And it was a have you seen that?" And they were like, no, no. "Each other," and they're like, "Actually, we don't have cats in there." <laughs> it was why? like they didn't even think of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Why? Well, I guess we'll explain it some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. um the so my involvement um and this is almost embarrassing to admit is uh I was only involved I only thought that there was a community on Reddit until about last June. Mm-hmm. And that's when I discovered uh the the Twitter community and Twitch and uh, the forums and now I knew about the um official forums um which were uh, yeah. yeah, even as someone from the Reddit, uh, we're a bit spicy. And so yeah. that, that wasn't really my thing. Um, but, uh, the, the Twitter and the Twitch community was something I wasn't aware of at all yeah. until just over a year ago. Um, so for me, that was, that's been kind of, uh, the, the fun thing for me is to not even know this thing was a thing and then to be a right. pretty big part of it a year later. Um, so yeah. that's been kind of fun. That's awesome. But, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It's so, yeah. So I missed everything. I missed your guys's lore podcast. I miss red, you know, rogue agent radio. I missed like, the smartwatch uh, podcast. Yep. I missed all of it. I, and I've actually tried to go back and listen to a lot of them because I just, I missed everything about the community that entire time. It's, yeah. 
Um, I feel like I just like, I was like uh, Ace Ventura coming out of the rhino and just like looking around and being like, this what's going on out here. I can't see, you know, there's so much yeah. information. Yeah. And I don't want to get too far off track from lore, but that was something we always talked about. And, or I always talked about is from a community aspect, like on rogue agent radio, the podcast and people like people that would listen to it. Like, why are you going over this information about <laughs> why, you know, um, when, the uh, beta release date is everybody sure. knows that i'm like you know what sure. not everybody is on all these social medias oh yeah there's there's plenty of, i mean there's people that aren't on any of it like the casual base yep. you know they're not on yep. reddit they're not looking up build videos yep. but like from a podcast standpoint there's plenty of people who aren't on twitter who yep. don't even know what twitch is or they stay away from reddit so you really have to as a community and if you're going to like promote yourself or something mm-hmm. what, what we did with rogue agent radio is we made sure that we were in everything so absolutely you know we we had a page in reddit we had uh, on the division forums sure we had, you know uh, youtube videos but we had places where people could find us everywhere because not everyone is as connected as the as some of the the people that we see in the community today to, to all aspects of medium so so yeah that's important so something I talk about a lot when I see people, you know, especially when the when the when the dust ups happen about whatever triggering issue in the game, and when, whenever those things come up, whether it's PvP or the DZ or you know the gear sets and stuff like that, um, I'll, I'll see people like do a poll or something, and and it'll have like 150 responses, and they'll be like, "Look, look, I'm right, right? You know, look at this. Everyone agrees with me, and and I and I try and I've tried to remind people that." I'm extremely willing to bet that maybe 15, 20% of the playing community is involved on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. I'd be willing. It's a, it's a much smaller number. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I'd be willing to bet that a a minority of people are the ones that we interact with day to day. Yeah, and, I agree with that. And, and I don't think people always realize that. I think that, you know, they, they'll post something on one of those mediums. Everyone agrees with them and they think, look, I'm right. Everyone agrees with me. And they don't take into account that that's why, you know, whenever the devs talk about how they have stats and numbers, um, you know, they, they're actually getting to see the entire community. That they, they see how the entire community plays this yeah. game they because they have the actual numbers. They see how many times people, you know, how many people are entering the the dark zone out of the entire community, um, which God, I would just kill for those numbers. I would just love to see because they, I think it would back up so many of my beliefs and opinions. But I don't know that one's like sample size thing because I've taken so many polls. And sure, seventy five, twenty five, every single time. Yeah, like, I know. I mean, every single yeah. time, it's like seventy five for sure. Just like avoid the dark. And and it's and it's like and I just feel like people um, we forget that even though even big creators like Marco and all those people like I, I think people forget that they are in their own bubbles. They're big bubbles. They're huge bubbles, but they're still bubbles uh, relative to our community. Now you know you can't compare it to someone who's like a like a Fortnite you know per, like like a ninja or something who his right. bubble is super gigantic, but like everyone's still in a bubble like my bubble is really small and even the big quote-unquote creators in the division or personalities or whatever you want to call them have fairly small bubbles especially relative to the entire community because i think people forget that the community involves people who again aren't on twitch aren't on twitter aren't on you know and and that's why i'm so big about when i give opinions and 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 stuff like that whether they agree with the the group or not or whoever i'm speaking to i try to remind people i don't even try to speak for my own 
quote unquote community because I don't half my community disagrees with, you know, people who watch my stream and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know most of them don't agree with everything I say. Good Lord. I hope they don't yeah. because it's, so I always try to make it really clear because I've seen it pop up a few times either on Twitter or Reddit or whatever. They'll be like, well, there, there goes another Twitter, another streamer, you know, they're just going to do, I, I try to make very clear everything I say or think is me 100%. Yeah, I don't right. in any way, shape or form say that I'm speaking for the people who watch me. Like, absolutely not i hope not i hope no one thinks that because i know that most of them probably wouldn't agree (laughs) (laughs) and that's cool i'm totally down for that but it's a perspective there's a there's a perspective issue and i think that's kind of a thing with all gaming communities there's definitely a perspective issue where uh you know even you know even the fact that uh like the, the 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 division reddit you know has I think over a hundred hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand people following subscribed. Now, how many of those are actually still active? It's probably a pretty small number, but that doesn't even represent if you think about the fact that I believe you know, they don't release sales numbers, but isn't the assumption that it sold more than ten million copies, um, division? Uh yeah. Like quite a while ago. Yeah. So like, you know, even that very large community is a pretty tiny percentage of the people who bought the game, you know? Right. So I, I think, I know I, I, I'm happy to get off the lore um, thing to talk about something like that, because I think it's really important. And I think people very often lose sight of that, uh, that thing. Yes. Yep. It's just not all about the community you're involved in or the talking heads or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I try to make very clear that I think my opinions and all of those, if they followed everything I thought about the game, it'd probably be a pretty bad game for, for, for everyone, you know, because you know, it's just, I'm, there's a reason I'm a social worker and not a game designer. So, um, well, okay. So for the last topic here, I kind of wanted to do go figure a little speculation, um, yes. with division two. And so the way I've broken this up is in the three topics and it's things that we know, quote unquote, uh, things that we think and things that we hope. So I guess I shouldn't say we, I should say I, uh, I don't want to assume I know what uh, you feel about those things, but for the first section, the things that we know. So the first thing is, um, I actually talked about this in a faction uh, video mm-hmm. I did last yep. week. Um, the true sons are the only enemy that we're, that we know we have right now. And, and a thing I've been trying to, I've been contemplating and thinking about is, um, because from a, if you compare it to the division one, I would kind of compare them to like the LMB. They're very organized. They have great equipment. They seem to move well, at least from what I can tell. And you know, the sample size I have is extremely tiny. They're literally the only enemy we've seen, but just from their, um, the way they moved and stuff. And that may just be a new thing for division two. All the enemies are probably going to be a lot harder to kill. Yeah, yeah. But if I had to compare, I was like, man, these guys, they're, they're former military. They're all this, but surely they didn't just show us the most powerful faction. And if anything, what if they're the least powerful? And so do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any? I think they're definitely the least to be quite honest. Oh my God. How cool would that be? That's so awesome. (laughs) From an AI perspective, you know, they've done so much with AI and it's Mm -hmm. every, talking with drew and just listening to all these you know drew does the enemy ai and and each faction is going to have its own strategies right so each faction like uh this faction the 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 true sons they're flankers Mm -hmm. so they'll come out and flank you from each side and uh, and there's another faction that they just kind of stay huddled up and they come at you like 
in one in one mass. Mm-hmm. So all the factions will fight differently, and their AI is different. And I think sure. this is just smarter AI, which I'm hoping. Yep. Um, and um, but like I think it, it seems like this the true sons are kind of like piece milled, like because it's led by a JTF person for, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> sure. Hey, that, JTF Morgan, high, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> high level. Um, so yeah, sure. I, I agree. I think I was trying to think back of what they showed us in the vision beta. If it was just the rioters or if we saw something else. And I, I, yeah, I can't, can't, I think I it was cleaners remember. and rioters if I remember correctly, but I could that, be wrong. That, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't expect it to be anything more than that, than that first level for that, reason. which is like so exciting. Like, yeah, come on. it really is. Cause I mean, <laughs> it means they're, I mean, some other games give you all the same factions on their sequels, and it was sure. like, oh, so disappointing. Oh, yeah. To where the first one we see is a different faction. Yes, it seems like it's. It almost seems like it's okay. Let's give a nod to Division One, and the first one you're seeing is just mashup of West Side oh, yeah. Piers. You sure. know, it's like sure. all these West Side Piers. At the end of it, they started all working together, right? Keener got them all to fight uh, to come together, and so they start working together in West sure. Side Piers, and now maybe this is the them kind of creating their own thing i don't know that's how yeah. i like to think of it in- oh, okay sure sure yeah it's i'm i'm super excited the thing is, is i've also talked about though is i don't i want to know more but not too much yes, like like it's exactly. like in as someone who who's you know has a podcast and makes videos and streams and all this stuff um, i'm realizing that i really hope um, i'm not really worried about being burned out because if i'm if i've played division one for four thousand hours i don't think it's possible but that said, I I don't worry so much about burnout, but I worry about learning too much. Yeah, I, I don't I won't want to know everything. I want to figure they, it out. <laughs> they did a good job in Division, I think, because uh, you you'd known like before they started uh, before not too long you'd known three uh, was there four factions or five three of the four three of the four like they had like announced and they had like these profiles sure. i don't know if you remember on yep. their website yep. and then but there was one that was always hidden and you yep. didn't know it until like three weeks before the game came out mm-hmm. i think it started getting i think uh eric's actually kind of took a snapshot in the dz during the beta and um was like here's the fourth faction but nobody knew what it was and then, like a week later they released a trailer oh, that wow. just showed the show to lmb and who they were but that was cool. all you got was a little bit of background you yeah which is perfect yeah, yeah you didn't understand <laughs> like their what their motives is or the story sure. or how they operate so, sure yeah that's exciting would, yeah um, so in the trailer, they reference the enemy within. That's the big theme. It seems like the whole divided we fall. They, um, they definitely are giving us a different theme. Um, it's something I heard. Um, you know, the the bombshell jackets when you're on there, kind of talking about that that very change of uh the the mood of the game. And when they reference the enemy within, do you have any personal feelings about that, or do you think it? Are you willing to just wait and see? I think. Uh... No, I'm not willing to wait. <laughs> I'm <laughs> vacations, but being someone that's lower, I, I really think they talk a lot about in there. They, they, they talk about the Civil War. The last yep. time, you know, there was uh, a battle here in America on, on American soil. It was both sides, both. Uh, uh, it was, I can't remember exactly brother what say, but versus brother, brother versus brother. Yep. Yep. Yeah, brother yep. versus brother. And it just just makes me feel like 
okay, the enemy within, you're talking, keep talking about the government. It just makes me feel like there's a clash between the government and the division agents in the field. Sure. So uh, the the enemy within being some, maybe it's the, the head of shade, you know, um, uh, I don't know. I th- kind of think it's a, <laughs> I, I like, I kind of think it's like they're to get the, they're getting agents over from Manhattan to there to kind sure. of start dispersing the, the division. I don't know. Um, but that's the tricky part is whenever you yep. get government involved in the storyline, you can just make up shit. You can, it could <laughs> well, be, it could be it, anything. Cause right? you never know. Sure. Sure. But I, but I think it's, I think it's some, uh, you know, some form of the government and that's been puppeteering some things and that the division now, the agents in the field are start questioning some things. I think that's sure. where Keener gets involved too. Cause they start, Absolutely. You know, they, they start questioning like Keener did and what the government's doing. What, you know, like, they might fighting for the right cause sure, anyway sure so that's where i think i think we're going to see the division agents that are in the field and the enemy within is somehow is what helped the collapse of um of washington and the government sure. structure so that's, and that's i think they've I been think. setting that up you know with the whole yeah. like how did this city fall you know julian's been very dramatic about it and um it's it's mm-hmm. just awesome i love it um yeah. but it's it's definitely one of those like how could this have happened kind of things um and 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 that's uh that's something i i have a video coming out on monday talking about that like how did dc fall it's specifically the video i made and i talk a little bit in there about how when if the american military and the chinese military faced off on a big giant plane they would be very well designed to fight each other uh you know they have main battle tanks and aircraft and soldiers with all kinds of you know technologies and weapons they're, they're literally designed to fight each other that's what every major country does they design their military to fight the other ones well but um when you you see those tactics fail when those people are fighting people in mountains with kalashnikovs and rpgs because they aren't designed to fight them and that's kind of how i see you know that's how i i kind of you know, DC is designed really well, probably to defend itself from enemy fighters and bombers attacking it. But is it designed well for a virus to come in and kill, you know, 60, right. you know, 70% of the people like it's not, nothing is that's so I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as well. And, and it's, you know, is it the virus that's within, or is it, you know, like you said, um, some in the higher ups of shade that, you know, maybe doing some shady things eh. um yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah I no, i'm sorry um but yeah so eh, i think that'll be fun it's it's yep. one of those things that again that's probably a topic that i would love to get some more uh clue about but i definitely you know i want to have a point while playing the game where i'm like oh shit like that's yeah i want that <laughs> yeah yeah same here um, so we found out that in the novel that's being written again by Alex Irvine, which is amazing, um, yes. is going to focus on April. Um, I will say I'm a little bummed to find out that it's not going to be written in like a similar style. It sounds like it's going to be just a regular novel. Oh, um, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, it, well, okay. So he, the Comic-Con recording, yep. um, it's out there. It's real bad. Um, but oh. you can pick up a decent amount of stuff. And he, in in the end, the impression I got from it was that it's going to be a kind of like a regular written novel from like a third, pers- like a third person perspective. Um, but I think that does offer um, the advantages of that as well, though, that um, some more clear storytelling and things like that. Um, we've gotten some hints that um, she's actually moving inwards, not 
necessarily maybe towards DC. Mm -hmm. Um, where do you, where do you think she's headed? I'll tell you first. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I actually thought this game might have been based in Chicago. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I'm suspecting that she's either, either moving West to Chicago. The other thing I considered was that I wonder if she might be heading to Ann Arbor. Um, where supposedly they're doing uh from candle we find out that's where they're doing a lot of the research on a cure and things like that um i've actually thought about that as well but do you have any thoughts i don't know like because uh it says she's in the midwest right Mm -hmm. um and then in the trailer we see a box addressed to her Uh in dc yeah why <laughs> is there is there any chance that her story in the novel is just kind of picking up in that time lapse of six months maybe yeah that's what i mean that's god i'm so excited for all that stuff like yeah. i love that i'm actually rereading the book right now and uh it's uh i'm still picking up things i didn't pick up last time so yeah um, same yeah I'll, I'll be curious uh in that book the the as a little side note i never even noticed like on like the third page i, I tweeted about it but talking about how she's heard the division have done bad things. And she says, well, I, you know, I know that they've helped people, but the division, and then it just like trails off and mm. it's like, Oh, that's so mean. Like I'm assuming <laughs> it's supposed to be like a reference to like rogue agents or something yeah. like that. Um, it seems pretty clear, but it does kind of make you wonder if there is more to it. Um, the next subject I have. So we know there's going to be civilians and we know this time civilians aren't just going to be, well, at least, some of them won't just be walking up to you asking for a can of pop and then, you know, throw right. a, a pistol at you. Um, so, so my thing is the only way I could see there being a, an actual like um, enemy tier underneath the true sons is I was kind of wondering if we've obviously seen friendly civilians um, from the trailers and, and we know that we're going to be able to give them supplies and these little, you know, vestiges of, peace or whatever you want to call it you know their little bases that they have so i've wondered the settlements settlements, yes i've wondered if they're all going to be friendly and i've actually wondered if a rioter ish faction may be maybe made up of some civilian um holdouts and things like that yeah um do you do you think that we're just going to find these settlements and that they'll be friendly and we'll give them supplies and upgrade them or do you think that there's a possibility it could go either way uh, I don't know if it could go either way, but I, the idea that, you know, if you're a settlement and you, you've been through all this for six, seven months, are you going to trust just a, some division agent <laughs> sure. that comes up and says, sure. oh, here's some uh, resources, or, you know, maybe you have to mm-hmm. earn their trust by delivering resources. And because obviously some of them are militant, you know, if oh, they're, yeah. they're guarding their gardens with guns and stuff sure. like this. Sure. So um, I think you say the word civilian, you know, you hopefully, hopefully they're friendly unless you piss them off, but sure, um, sure. I'd like to think that they're, you know, those are the people that you're, cause you're talking about a dynamic world and the civilians being mm-hmm. a part of it. Those are the ones that you're trying to help, you know, help restore things. So, yeah. um, I, I like the idea that you have to earn their trust and keep their trust by continuing to, to provide resources sure. almost like, a, um, uh, I, don't, I can't remember the name of that, that mechanic in a game where you have to kind of like degradation almost like you got to, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. you have to continue to supply resources, but that's how I'd like to think of it. I, I think, and I think so too. Uh, I think what 
I, I've really told people for the last so many well year or more almost to to keep in mind is that if you want to know what the Division Two may feature, go back to 2013 and look at some of those old trailers. Um, and one of those old trailers, I'm sure a lot of people remember, in that scene where, in like I think it was the first trailer, maybe the second one, way back, um, the agents are fighting in front of the boo, and they're killing those rioters that they're out in front of it. And when you look at the boo, it has all these stats for that part of the city. Um, it has like I think like thirst and sickness and all kinds of things. But one of them is like morale. Yeah. Um, yep. and and I think that that system is going to be, I suspect they just didn't have the time, money and resources in division one to make that happen. And I can almost guarantee that that's what we're going to see that slide in there where there's going to be a morale system for each region of the city. And it's probably going to be associated with a, you know, each region probably has a different group of civilians or, you know, militia or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I think that'll be so freaking cool, man. Yeah, and I agree too because I think you know how else can you make a living world so dynamic? You know, sure. if you know the control points, you capture a control point. Um, uh, it can be taken back by an yep. enemy faction. Um, and I so guess it's those... not guaranteed to be the same enemy faction. I believe is what I picked off of one of them is that okay. it could be any of them. They, yeah. it, it's not necessarily only one that can come back. So, so if if I'm looking at it right, you gain a control point which opens some resources to some civilians mm-hmm. and then those resources get cut off you're managing some aspect of sure, it you know sure. um uh, of the the living world so yeah i hope that that's what the case is and it's, as long as it that, doesn't that, yeah go be ahead. redundant as long as it's not redundant yes. where it's like uh fallout man, i gotta go back over there retake <laughs> back this control point for the 17th time because the civilian is just the the fallout four meme of preston garvey telling you a settlement is in trouble is that that was a really frustrating part Uh, of that game um where you would take an area and and you would have this alert that would say this 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 settlement is is under attack by whatever and the problem was is that in that game you could design all your settlements so you had to make beds and houses and defenses Mm. So you could have turrets everywhere. You could have people that were armed guards and all that. And even if you had a settlement surrounded by a thousand turrets with a bunch of armed guards mm-hmm. and there were like two zombies that were going to attack, there was a chance that whole settlement could get like wiped out because it was like an RNG system. Uh, it didn't actually take yeah. into account the actual defenses you had. It just rolled some dice and it was really really frustrating and it was a really awful system so i i have faith that they played that game and they right. understand those frustrations and that they won't do it where it's like obnoxious but that it, it will be fun and engaging and stuff like that so no i yeah. I, I agree i think it's going to be I, i'm excited to see how that plays out I, I keep hearing the phrase um what we you know the tip of the iceberg um is why i keep hearing about this game and yeah I'm really excited to know what that Just means. Just a sliver. Exactly. <laughs> so moving to the what we think, or at least what I think kind of thing is, um, and I think we touched on it earlier when I talked about the secret mission recording. Um, with the agents who we're going to play as, um, will this be the first wave? Is, there a, is this a second wave? And the one thing I noticed from the trailer that I'll point out before I kind of get your thought is that there's that little clip of the agent that's like half buried with his flickering watch. Um, but the thing oh, yeah. I noticed about that is that he he's not like 
he's still like in good shape <laughs> if that's a thing okay like, he's yeah. not like deteriorated like it wasn't like you know six months later in a humid warm environment with wild animals everywhere uh, a, a an organic dead bean is not gonna have skin Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're gonna be either eaten or you know bugs are gonna you know take care of them or a, a, that much time. So I don't really know what that was supposed to tell us about how long that agent's been there. But do you have any thoughts on you know what well, our involvement is? Well, I was questioning it. Like there was a lot of question. Like, okay, are we the agent? You know, you're playing a new agent. It's just you know that's all they, they tell you. But sure. are we agents coming from? Are we second Somewhere wave else, agents sir. coming from Manhattan, or sure. are we agents? Obviously, DC had their own agents. Are we mm-hmm. agents that were activated in in Washington? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like we were coming. There's like back and forth where you know well they would have their own agents. And that's fine. But then I was listening to a bunch of interviews um, over the last couple of weeks, catching up because we had no time to sure, do any sure. of it at E3. Yeah. And um, I got this quote from a dev. And um, so then I'm like, okay, um, it was how, you know, how you're talking, he's talking about how you end up in DC. And he says, you get a distress call from Shade headquarters in DC, in DC and go there. So that kind of references back to that mission to your, that, you're, that you're talking about. Uh, okay, I, I don't know if you spoke. That's the only like a small, small five minute interview. With this little two hundred cool. subscriber YouTube channel, like wow, random. Okay. Um, and then I'm like, okay, um, either. So I just gave you some connections when yes. we were talking. Yeah, about yeah, you. that's why okay. when you okay. said that earlier. Excellent, excellent. It sounds like they're already telling that story, you know, almost in the West side piers where you get a distress call. So now we are the second wave, uh, in Manhattan, uh, shade, uh, headquarters in, in DC, you get a distress call. So you all, you all hightail it over there. And what I wouldn't be surprised is if we find out, um, the agents that we play as coming in may not just be from Manhattan. They might be from Philadelphia. They might be from Baltimore. They might be from, Cleveland shit. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah, know, like no, that's a good point. It doesn't have yeah, to be from they could be from all over the country. It's global, right? Because that. what it does is in, in that secret mission, when it does it, it's very garbled, it's hard to hear. But it clearly says that there's a call out for them to report to DC. I wanna say Toronto, London, and there's a couple other cities that you can't really hear. It's gotta be so it. I'm guessing that there must be like shade headquarters, quote unquote, in in those major cities, and they're calling for all the agents who are in cities who have been relatively stabilized to report to those places because they've either fallen or whatever. So very cool. Okay, neat. I like it. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, hmm. I like the way that that's going. Me too. When they're they showing the shots, you know, they show like the agents like walking upon like coming out of like the woods and Cem- from the, on the Arlington cemetery or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah they're and, like, and they're, they're looking onto the city. Overlooking, you know, overlooking. Yeah. So it makes yep. sense. Cool. Okay. I think it's oh, a good storyline. I'm good. Ugh, that sounds so awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a little note that, um, from re- rereading the book and stuff is, uh, and listening to those old podcasts. So, uh, in the book, I don't think they really reference it. I think they talk about the president in the game towards the beginning mm-hmm. but in the book april keller talks about him being dead uh yeah. it's like president johnson it's like the most generic or davidson or it's something kind of generic 
But um, a thing I picked up when I listened to the Alex Irvine podcast that he did with Hamish was that um, she's a flawed character and that and that uh, yeah. information she gives out that she writes down that she's wrong about some of it. So now at the end of the day, doesn't matter if the mm, president's alive a, or dead. I mean, right. it may have some story implication. I wouldn't be surprised if it does or who has taken over for him if he is dead or just in the vacuum of power or whatever. But um, I don't know. I was just kind of curious. And I thought, but I thought the idea of April not necessarily being a completely informed individual is just right. kind of a neat thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. You know, cause she's, she's getting tidbits just like everyone else is, sure. you know, maybe it's pirate radio guy, you know, Velassie saying mm-hmm. this and it's not accurate or sure. Sure. Um, or if Velassie's part of the government, line. maybe that's just what he's supposed yeah. to tell us. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. It gets into all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find, um, I had the, that, uh, did you ever see the newspaper article? I didn't. Um, I, I've um, seen it, but I've never seen like a readable version of it. It's I always a readable been like, version somewhere. Oh, just, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I was just oh, it references that, doesn't it? it? Well, it references the president's. So that's president's why I thought. Names in there, um, you know, calling calling for the quarantine. It's a, okay. Um, and there's some uh, callbacks. Today. There's a, a article from uh, written by April Kelleher. Or somebody interviewed April Kelleher in it. Um, okay. Of course. Um, but yeah. um, I was gonna say is. I think he's dead. I think, uh, I think, you know, probably with everything, you know, the government collapsed because, you know, all these different uh, officials and people in power are no longer there. And then you could, you know, Air Force One you, is crashed and, you know, who knows? That's how yeah. Holy or, shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, def- I think that's going to be a part of the story that's like, okay, all of these major officials are dead. You know, how did it happen? You sure. Know, that's, it, it collapsed. And who, t- and who took over? Because right. someone always does. Right, right. Right. The last little bit of the what I think, I guess I'll rename, is um. so I've seen it's, you know, the popular thing for all the big content creators or and even the rest of us, you know, to point out that the DZ exists. We know it exists because we see this wall. But the thing I haven't really seen anyone reference, or at least maybe I've missed it, is um, in Division One, uh, the DZ is quote unquote in pretty good shape. The wall, it's very robust. It's mint condition, you know, like it's it's relatively new when we come upon it. Um, the thing I haven't really seen people reference very seriously is that uh, the DZ wall in DC is not looking good. Um, it's yeah. disheveled to say the least. Um, there's big holes in it. Um, it's obviously been through some shit, you know, and I'm kind of curious to what that means for the DZ and that maybe the DZ won't be quite the completely cordoned off area or I, I feel like that's got to have some kind of purpose that yeah. it's not in good shape. I, I, yeah. I, I have to imagine. Yeah. And I'd like to think, you know, because you could think six months, seven months has passed. So maybe sure. the one in, in Manhattan looks similar, you know, it's just at this point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just uh, time like and they're showing like how DC is just like all the overgrowth and no one's taking care of things. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so I could see some of that. I still don't know why there's I mean, me, I, I question why there's a DZ in <laughs> Washington sure. to begin with. Because I know that Manhattan was like the experiment and yep. it was growing zero and they sure. had it up in like within a month and. 
why would everybody start doing them in every city? I hope they address that. Like, it doesn't make sense that every city has a DZ. I can't imagine they, they wouldn't address They realized that by sure. three weeks into it, they <laughs> backed the hell out and they got out and said, this <laughs> sure. ain't working. Yeah. So yeah. why did everybody else do it? Anyway, sure. um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how they tie in a new DZ mm-hmm. in Washington into the story, like how it got there. But you're right. What condition it is? I hadn't I hadn't pieced that out, you know, about it being broken and yep and stuff. But um, the the thing I'm predicting is that I don't think we're gonna have a gigantic DZ again. Um, I'm actually I suspect that we may because um, I think everyone thinks we're gonna have this big DZ again, and there's gonna be like 50 players in it. I'm I'm gonna guess that the Snowdrop engine hasn't progressed that much. Um, I'm sure it's progressed a lot in a lot of ways. Yeah. I hope it has. But I'm actually predicting that we're going to get smaller, maybe multiple DZs with a similar number of people. Yeah, um, and that even survival modes and things like that, I'm actually kind of guessing that we may see smaller but more dense uh, areas when it comes to I like to that. that idea. And yeah. I, I really doubt it'll get more, you know. But yeah. but to your point, yeah, 25, I get people's um, concern about 24 being in that huge DZ, but... I think getting 50 people in there from a technical aspect. Yeah, you could talk about Fortnite, but come on. The, yeah, like it's a, the, the we're looking at a little bit different level of detail. The sure. division is <laughs> probably sure. weighs as much, is just as expensive as the, the whole fall of Fortnite. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a good point, you know, because uh, having multiple multiple DZs, you know, does make sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I I like the way that you're going with it more than it being huge, you know, um, and putting I don't I don't think it'll be more than. I don't I don't think it needs to be bigger, you know. Like honestly, I think yeah. that you can have a better experience because that's a big complaint about modes like Last Stand. Last Stand, in theory, is a cool mode for Division, mm-hmm. and I've had fun in Last Stand. Yeah, yeah, so have I. Uh, it's a conquest mode, basically. I love Battlefield. The problem with Last Stand. Is that it's probably about fifty percent too big? Yeah, you know, there's, there's love. There's it's so spread, and I get that it has to be spread out to allow for the pop jumping around of objectives. You know mm-hmm. that you know if the, if the two objectives are taken, you can back cap. Like that's a thing that you know I've played Battlefield my whole life. I get it, but with the mode of transport that we have, with the speed of movement and things like that, it's just it's just a little too big. And, yeah, no, and, 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 and that's something that I, I think that we have a similar situation with, with a lo- survival, even the DZ in some ways for people who want that, you know, that action, you know, that they're looking for, especially me first, I love PVP survival and, you know, especially now with the player base being a little lower, especially for survival, you know, you might be looking at five to 10 people in an instant and it's the entire map, you know, right, like, right. like, like if instead of that, um, if we had five to 10 people or even 24 in the lower 50% of the map and then the rest of it was just cordoned off yeah, via some magic, you know, like that'd be great. And I, and I suspect that's my guess is that they're going to try to do less or they're going to try to do more with the same rather than more with more because i don't i don't think that's in the cards i could be wrong i'd be happy to be wrong but that's that's where i'm gonna guess yeah okay go ahead go ahead no go nuts no no i like that i like that thought yeah there being more condensed areas so we know we know survival is coming back in some way whether it's at launch we don't know but yeah it's been said several times it's heavily hinted is what i've been saying well yeah well 
something Julian said specifically, mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised if such a popular game mode <laughs> like Survival didn't make its way back into the Division 2. Sure. I mean, sure. okay, that's a great. Point. Wink, wink, thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's <laughs> sure, sure, Fair enough, sure. I'm with you. Absolutely. So. so the last part I have is the What I Hope um, from Division 2. Um, the the first thing I have is talking about like the enemies and factions and bosses. I don't want to say that, that those things in division one weren't interesting. I think they were, um, I think, you know, for me personally, I thought the cleaners were the most interesting faction. Yeah. Um, just because I think you can make an argument that they're not wrong. I think you have to be a little crazy to believe it. Yeah. But I think you can, you can understand where they're coming from, especially when you hear all the Intel about Pharaoh and stuff like that. You kind of get why it happened. Um, now the rioters super shallow. That's fine. What is what it is. The Rikers, I mean, Loray, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when you hear her Intel from before the disaster where her, like when they're, the detectives are interviewing her and stuff like that, oh, yeah. and, you know, like she's, she's a bad person. She, yes. yeah. she's just a bad person um i don't necessarily think pharaoh was a bad person to begin with no and i think he was pushed i think he's kind of a keener almost yeah well he's where his wife got uh, she's one of the first killed. ones that died yeah yeah, yeah. and and i and, and so i don't look i look at him similar to keener where he was probably not the best person on earth before all this happened but he was a person pushed too far and who took drastic measures mm -hmm. um and then the lmb i just kind of see bliss as an opportunistic you know, he's just, I think he's an interesting character. He's a charismatic character, mm -hmm. but I just, you know, it was kind of a shallow, you know, even the Intel from the underground and stuff like that. Like, you know, they're just kind of opportunistic people. They're trying to profit from this situation, which is a very human thing to do, but right. not maybe the most narratively. Like I wasn't enamored by them. You know, I was like, they look really cool. They have a cool symbol. They move real cool. They say funny things, you know, like, right. but I, but the cleaners were the only ones, um, that I really found super interesting. And even them, you know, that that's even limited. So um, I really, really hope that we get some really interesting figureheads of the factions. I hope this JTF guy is actually a really interesting guy and we have, and we get some yeah. really cool story about them and whatever these other factions are. I kind of think they may go along the model of obviously not bringing over the same factions. We kind of know that now, but maybe bringing over the similar archetypes so yeah. like I'm really curious to see like what's the archetype version gonna be of the LMB like this super advanced faction that may be similar to us in some way mm -hmm. uh, the the replacement for the cleaners like that could go all kinds of ways yeah it could be super cool yeah um, especially you're talking about six months later all of the yeah you know communities form you yep. know and then you got the government and you have all these different little things sure. and if there's a DZ now because really. There's not a rogue faction in yep. it's us playing it, you know. Yep. So yep. even if there's a rogue faction, would be pretty interesting, yep. you know, uh, for sure. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'd like to see, and you know, from a boss's standpoint, I'm I see them slowly introducing more mechanics to, I to hope bosses, so. and not just spongy. Yeah, <laughs> and that was something I brought up. When ETF, like not to bring you know, trying to do it in realism. Come on, you can stretch it a little bit. It's sure. a video game to where sure. like. The legendary, uh, which one's a? What's the name of the legendary with uh, the the heavy that you can only kill him by hitting his weak uh, point on the, on the pack? Yeah, stuff yep. like that is really cool to me. Awesome, 
you yeah. know, those types of little mechanics and bosses make a big difference because they sure. change your strat, you know, and it's not just putting them down, but, yep. um, and they started to do that more in stolen signal, you know? Yep. So, um, I, I hope to see that more throughout to make the archetypes, you know, to make the factions themselves, uh, more, uh, cooler you know they have to change your strategy when you're playing against them but but yeah no i i think they have a once you involve the government and it's been six months past i think sure. you have a lot more to work with so it should be cool yeah no i'm i'm i, I think that the what we know so far about the you know how much of an emphasis there is on knocking the armor off of that heavy in the demo uh hitting those weak points the defibrillator on the medic hitting the tank for that guy or whatever it seems like yeah, yeah. that's definitely the way they're going so i'm, I'm excited to see how yeah. they transfer that to the other factions and to the missions and i suspect that's a design choice that they were very clearly trying to display to us like look it's not just spongy specifically we're knocking yeah. down time to kill and we're adding all this cool shit so yeah. I'm, yeah I'm excited about that um another thing i hope is that they continue with like the non-traditional storytelling stuff i um, I really, I know, I feel kind of bad. I called out that girl that did the uh, the the Comic Con. She's the one who headed it up. Oh, I kind yeah, of made a from, joke. Uh, uh, kind of funny games. Well, from, she's uh, the one. Yeah, I, I believe so. She's the one who actually did the EA conference at E3. Yeah. Um, and she's the same one who headed up the Comic Con talk she's with like the Division Two. Yeah, and and she 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 kind of joked, and I know she was joking. I feel bad because she kind of got jumped on. Um, but they i i really really and it seems like the echoes and stuff like that were such a focus in the first division i can't imagine they'd get rid of it but i really hope they still put that emphasis because i know a lot of people want more story i definitely do some more traditional storytelling yeah i'm absolutely into that but i hope that doesn't mean that we lose the non-traditional stuff no me too and i've not been a big lore guy in games because i mean i don't play like like i said i'm casual in my time but sure, i love playing sure. like elder scrolls online i used to play mm-hmm. a lot but like i'm not gonna sit there and read a book in a game you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah, to learn yeah. about lore that's just not me sure and it just felt more real listening to the audio logs and to understand yeah. what it was like to, it was more immersive for me and that's what i that's why i got so into it because sure. of the audio logs and the echoes and i just puts is very immersive me into the lore of the game then from there you get interested and then you start picking things apart you know like you start looking through all the details and like why are these things spray painted on the walls out here you know it's all tying together once you start looking at it all but i really hope they do stick with stick with some of those because they really worked i think they see that from the people that that appreciate it so for sure um i i'm 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 comfortable saying you know it's not uh, just flavor text on a, uh, a, a quote unquote a card you unlock or something like <laughs> sure, that from sure. another game, but yeah, I no, think I it'll you. be a more interactive, uh, interactive lore like we get today in the division. Yep. So, I, I and I think that the whole idea of them doing the new book by Alex Irvine and then the Dark Horse comic and that 200 page lore hardcover book. I, I think that's a pretty good indication that they aren't giving up on the non-traditional storytelling. So right. I'm pretty yeah. bummed. Uh, yeah. The last little point I have here about what I hope is that I do hope that they bring back some stories or people, not necessarily in person, but I would kind of like to see a reference to Fei Lao. I would yeah. kind of like a, and she, so my prediction is actually that I think she may actually be brought to DC to, cause she did such a bang up job in New York city. 
I don't know how much I would like that, but that's something I'm kind of predicting. Um, it's cause it just seems kind of like an easy thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I hope yeah, it could go either way. It could be really cool, but yeah, but I really hope they bring some of that stuff forward. But my, you know, if you, you saw the notes, but not too much. No, no. Yeah. I, I hope it's more personally. I hope it's more callbacks, you know, sure, say, sure. Hey, let me, you know, some snippet that, uh, somebody says, uh, something about Ramos, you know, like, <laughs> you know, just Ramos like, is a Lieutenant now. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah call just call him back to what he's doing, you <laughs> sure, know? Sure. Um, I think some things like that would be cool. Um, do I want to see them all again, like in cutscenes and yeah, like interacting yeah. with them? I don't know. You know, it I like could the, be cool, but yeah, it could be time, a little lazy. <laughs> I like, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like my sequels to feel like a sequel, absolutely. Not a one point five, and so far it's just yes. far from a one point five. That, and that's one of the things I told several, uh, you know, other other games have not been as fortunate, you know, lately. Sure, as similar titles, but that that game felt like a one point five. And Absolutely. Playing playing five or ten minutes of a demo, even though I played it eight times at uh, E3, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. The game already doesn't feel like a one. So far, like, it feels Absolutely. like Division Two. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's the gist of what I had. Uh, it was yeah. only an hour and a half. Um, well, is, is there anything you wanted to bring up, or is there anything that you thought of as we were going? Uh, no, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how all the West Side Piers stuff because I really think that the West Side Piers was a was a, a tie-in, like Very their purpose. last effort yeah. to, to yep. kind of a test. Yep. Like here, we're gonna do some dynamic spawning. We're gonna do some more dynamic living world stuff that we've sure. been working on in Division sure. Two, and then some of the stories and the audio logs that they put into 1.8. I just I feel like they're it's kind of late in the game to be to be building up the lore into one, you know, because yep. it, it yep. just seems like in the in the Keener story specifically, mm-hmm. I don't think Keener would just stop in there to say, "Yep, I was here and I snuck out." <laughs> I really sure, think that sure. you're gonna. I, I think in Division Two, you're gonna consider going the Keener side. I think he's gonna come out and try to talk you into it and say, "See, I told you the government was shady. Yep. They've yep. been, you know, they're they're working against us. You're fighting for the wrong side." Sure. He's always said that from yep. day one, even at the very end of the yep. first and, game. That yep. unknown then, signal. Yep. Yep. And then again in one side. So yep. I think I think you're gonna come. I think your character is gonna come to this questionable point of, "Am I fighting for the right side?" And that's where it's talking about the the divide you know we fall type of thing sure, where sure. all these agents are like are we doing the right thing you know yep. the government you know once again is is doing this so <laughs> that's the only thing i wanted to talk about is that wet side peers and how i how i hope that it, that it's a it's a leading it's a very interesting story the that part of it like keener's i mean he's he's got he's got all the stuff he's got the scientists and the 3d printer yep, and yep we just can't say he gone, you know, can't yeah, say, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, don't worry about him. So I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Well, that's what I have. I do appreciate you taking time. Yeah. Absolutely. Going on, man. Uh, yeah, to have me definitely. About if you uh, want to let people know where they can find you. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter, mostly at deep fried Dave. Um, may want to for on Twitter. You may maybe want to follow at division. Lord maybe another podcast coming up so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but um so that's the best place to find me those at uh at deep fried dave and if you like just if you like pictures of just uh, if you like food porn pictures just uh <laughs> go to instagram at deep, deep fried dave and i'll show you some pictures of uh <laughs> things i cook that's about it perfect thank you man
All right. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it.